Welcome back to Your Best Year Starts Here, um, episode 62, I think. See, I would have been happy if it was episode two or three, and we was, it was like season two. But you're going to go with those numbers. It makes me think, blimey, we'll be doing this a long time. I'm feeling quite old. Well, it's season two, episode something quite low, less than ten. Okay, that's all we know. <laughs> and on that note, my opening quote for today's topic, I think, is exactly right, which is, excellent is not being the best, it is doing your best. Uh-huh, and I couldn't agree with you more on that one, that it's it's about doing the best you can in the moment, in the circumstance, with the resources you've got available to you, right? Because if you'd have known better, you'd have done better. Absolutely. And... If I'm doing the same thing today that I did yesterday or last week or a year ago, I probably do know better, so I should be doing better. But the only thing I ever need to compare myself with is me, not somebody else. Because one of the things I see people do all of the time, and I, you know, when I coach people, this comes up all of the time, is like they're comparing their chapter one to someone else's chapter seven. Or they're someone else's chapter 24 or whatever. You know, It's like, I've been doing this new thing in my business for... Six months, why am I not getting the results somebody's got that they've been doing it 10 years? It's like, well, because they've been doing it 10 years. You know, it's it, it's quite simple. And it doesn't mean it's going to take you 10 years to do what it took somebody else 10 years to do. But you're not going to change everything in a heartbeat. But if you actually knew that if you... And we go back to right at the very beginning. If you're in the room and you're focused and you've got rid of distractions, and you're doing the very best you can in that moment in time, that's pretty awesome. Absolutely. But there's always going to be that person who says, you know what you should have done. And you need to be really aware of that person, who's probably never done it, by the way, who's looking at your best work, and who probably, there is probably things you could do better next time. So I've mentioned it a few times, I've written some books, and we've already had our first lot of feedback on the books. It's very interesting, where someone said... I think you've got too many colour pages. <laughs> and it's a bit like, and your book has how many colour pages? Well, I haven't quite written my book yet. Well, it's the best version of what I can do. And we're on our third or fourth reprint, etc. And we've taken a few things out. We've put a few things in. But I'm telling you now, I honestly think it's the best work I've ever done. The feedback from 96% of people has been absolutely awesome. Is it the best I could have done at the time? Was it the best I could afford? I remember my very first book that we had done. It was done by Pronterprint. It had a spiral bound. Uh huh. Um, we could only afford to have 40 copies printed. And then because I only had 40 copies printed, it was so expensive. I didn't realise I could have probably had 400 copies printed. For the same kind of money. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't think I could afford that. Yep. And when I look back at it, I think, oh, my God, how shite was this. But at the time, it was the best I could do. Then when I did the second book, we had like um, clip art. Is that what it's called? Yeah, clip yeah, art. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'd taken it off the internet of like two men shaking hands or... Yeah. And when I look back at it now, oh my God, it doesn't look very good. But it was the best I could do at the time and it was the best I could afford. Then when someone went, well, you can get what's called getting images. Yep. So for my book, It's a Zero around here, where we've got these three monkeys at a table, the image cost me more than the whole production of my first book. Just the front page image. 
And so, of course, when people then judge that book, which goes back to my chapter seven. So you're writing your first book, and I'm on my fifth stroke. Well, book. actually, it's not my first book, but the other books that I have written are no longer available. Okay. So this is this will actually be the first book that. I see having longevity because most most of the books I've written I've written a whole bunch of like short what I call playbooks okay so more like magazine style books which have been exclusively for clients that have been working for me you know working with me at certain times I also wrote a book on um, the most riveting subject ever which is data protection law um, but it was strange I haven't read that one no um, but it was actually in the build up to a major change in the data protection laws and it was about what you need to do to prepare. So once the law came and you in... you don't think you're an elephant. Oh, uh, my God. Can was, you imagine a monkey? The data protection would be, you've got to make sure you get permission. Chapter <laughs> one. That would be my book. I mean, oh, my God. But just think about it. Uh, you know, I'm 10 years ahead in, in theory. What of, I'm saying is it's out of date now, yeah. so which is why it's not in publication, right? But I'm saying, uh, but I'm 10 years ahead on my books. So, of course, my finished item right now looks considerably better than most because I'm 10 years on. Yeah. But I'm telling you now... The likes of a John Grisham, who's 30 years ahead of me, he's, he's sold a few more million copies than I have, yeah. has got a different method. So your best, when you, you know, I spoke about the man in the mirror. There's a lovely line, you know, when you look at that man in the mirror and it looks back at you, are you proud to see that the job that you've done has been phenomenal? And I can honestly say that over the last three or four months, when I look in the mirror and the job that I've done with my kids and after my son's wedding and supporting my daughter coming out of her flat, I've done the best I can with the knowledge and information I've got. Yep. And I think that's pretty cool. But it doesn't mean there's not other people saying, you know what you should have done. And I do sometimes want to smash their faces in as I clench my fist, as I say these words, as an anchor, because that's what comes up for me. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking there are things you could have done better... If you had have known better, you would have done better. You did the best you could. And for any parents who are listening to this podcast, your parents did the best they could totally. in your growing up process. Totally. And when you said, I'm never going to do what my parents did to me, <laughs> first of all, you probably are. And your kids are probably thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe my mum embarrassed me on social media. See, we had the advantage that it wasn't social media when I first started having my kids. So I could just answer the phone and say, the kids aren't here. Now I just post weird stuff about my kids and they go, you're so embarrassing. Every set of parents think their parents are weird. It's normal. But we did the best we could with the knowledge we totally. had. No, no, totally. I think, I think one of the other things to say on this is like, some people wait way too long to do something because they want it to be somebody's chapter 10, you know, and... If you're holding yourself back because you want to create all the perfect conditions and everything else, you know, well, let me put it a different way. Somebody said to me two, three years ago now, if you wait until you're happy, if you're not embarrassed by the thing you put out now in a year's time or two years time or five years, you waited too long. So like your first book, the way you're describing it and you're saying you're a bit embarrassed about the way you did it. Good, because that means you actually did it. Whereas if you'd waited until you wouldn't be embarrassed with it and you had all the resources and everything else, it probably wouldn't be out yet. So somebody wrote to me a line and they said, don't wait. Cross out the N, the T, the W and the A and what do you get? You clever enough to work that one out? Cross out the W. No, the N, the T, the W, the A. What would you get? Oh, don't wait. 
do it. There you go. And I thought, why aren't we? It's because we're looking for permission. We're looking for acceptance. We're looking for it to be phenomenal. So ask yourself tonight and do an exercise called the mirror exercise. Do you know the mirror exercise? I do indeed. Okay. We've talked about this before as well. Okay. Well, see, brain aneurysm, can't remember. But here's the point. Ask yourself in the mirror tonight, have I done everything I should have done? Did I do it to the best of my ability? And if I had a chance to do it again, might I do it differently? And if there are ways you might do it differently because you've now had time to think about it, then the following day, look at what you've done. But don't wait for that perfect moment because there's no such thing as a perfect moment. Yeah, totally agree. And I just want to break down best very quickly. We've got, well, we've got a couple of minutes left on this episode. Um, My daughter's school. Okay, my daughter's school has written all around the school, um, be the best you can be. Right? It's kind of like a, a bit of a motto in the school, but for every kid, every member of staff, everyone, it's about being the best you can be. But BEST breaks down. It's an acronym. Is it? I'm sure you're going to come up with a good one. Believe, enjoy, succeed together. Believe, enjoy, succeed together, which I think for a primary school is a phenomenal set of values. It's a phenomenal vision for a school to have. And I think it's something that all of us in our lives can learn from. You know, if we believe in the thing we're trying to achieve and that there is things around us that can help us achieve it, if we enjoy the process of actually the journey rather than just focusing on the end result, you know, if we get success, fantastic, but we also have to do it together. Doing it on your own, success on your own is nowhere near as enjoyable as achieving success with other people. Well, as we finish this episode, I just want to share my fetish, by the way. Because I have a fetish for PVC. <laughs> Except it stands for passion, vision and commitment. I knew it had to be something different. Yeah, well, you see, but it goes back to this idea that if I'm passionate about something and it's in alignment with my vision and I commit to it, then I'm going to give it the best I've got. Yep. And if I'm not passionate about it, I'm not going to give it my best. If it's not part of my vision, I'm not going to give it part of my best. And if I'm not committed to it, I'm not going to give it my best. So if you want to look at your life, have a fetish for PVC. You better tell people if you're going to write this down, whatever, <laughs> what it really means. But have some sort of fetish. I'm thinking that, that's the name of this episode, Nigel's fetish for PVC. Exactly. You know. but, but, but the concept is, what do you believe in? And I believe in PVC. And I'll leave you on that note. Yeah, we will leave you on that note. And if we can ask you, as we always do, to do a few little things here. Can you leave us a five-star review if you haven't already? Can you share the podcast with other people you think need to hear it? And actually, you know, the other thing is if you got big value from this episode specifically, share it on social media and tell us what it was. Tag us in it and tell us what it was, because then we'll give you more of the same kind of stuff. Um, And we'll see you next week. Because you don't want more of the deep, heavy stuff, I'm sure. Well, you might. If you do, tell us that. But there you go.